Did you know you have the power to transform your health and your life? After years of suffering with undiagnosed autoimmune symptoms, I found myself on an endless loop of expensive supplements, broken promises, and drive-through meals. I was a busy working mom struggling with chronic pain. I could no longer keep up with life until I decided to take my health into my own hands. I discovered the healing power of whole foods and incorporated a healthy lifestyle that is simple, affordable, and maintainable even when life gets busy. With easy, whole food meal prep, meal planning, and wellness strategies, I healed my autoimmune symptoms, regained my energy, and lost 30 pounds along the way. I discovered I had the power to change my life, and I know you have that power too. Whether you're looking to reduce inflammation, lose weight, or optimize your health, this is it. Get ready to discover the vibrant life you deserve with the Prepared for Wellness podcast. I'm Ashley Cavolo, and I can't wait to join you on this journey. Welcome to the Prepared for Wellness podcast. Today, I have Amira Morales. She is a health coach helping women regain control of their health, life, and happiness through the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda medicine, one of the oldest healing practices in the world. Amira spent 10 years climbing the corporate ladder until she found herself burnt out and in the hospital. When she was released, she had a long list of symptoms, yet not a single doctor could reach the root cause. Doctors lacked answers and continued prescribing more medications. Feeling unheard, defeated, and in search of something more to life, Amira packed her bags for India to follow her dream of becoming a yoga instructor. It was there where she fell ill and found herself in an Ayurveda health clinic and was finally able to discover the root causes of her health struggles. Amira regained her health and dove into the study of Ayurveda medicine, Her soul's mission, or dharma, is to help women achieve health and balance through the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda. Amida is most fulfilled working with women and seeing their commitment and hard work transform their health and their lives. So Amida, thank you so much for being here today. I am really excited to get into this. Um, So you're going to talk about Ayurveda and the amazing world of this wisdom. So if you could kind of get into your life experience and and how you got into this, um, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. Um, really enjoying like connecting with you. And I hope that this kind of resonates with with your audience, no? So um, so my journey is kind of filled with a lot of healing, self-discovery, and reprogramming. Um so that's kind of in a nutshell, but I was in the corporate world for about 10 years and climbing the corporate ladder like felt really amazing because it allowed me to live in a very privileged area of Sydney. I had really nice things and I was able to mm-hmm. holiday, you know, once a year. Um, however, I kind of lost myself in the corporate world and sooner or later, my body was going to let me know. So looking back, I now realize that, you know, I didn't listen to the whispers of the universe. I ignored the little tap that came in the form of indigestion. 
Um, I had a really weak immune system, so I was constantly getting sick. So I was getting constantly like getting the flu, getting over it, and then you know having something else. You no, know? um, you know, anxiety started to creep in. I felt cold all the time, and I had um, a lot of hair loss. So I literally couldn't like run my fingers through my hair. Um, and then the universe gave me a little pinch, and that came in the form of hyperthyroid, um, insomnia. You know, I felt tired all the time. Um, I was stressed out. I had candida. I had parasites, um, you know, really experienced low body weight. And I think the lowest that I ever got to was about 40 kilos. And I also had amenorrhea. So I kind of lost myself, lost my cycle for about eight months. Then finally, the universe gave me a little slap across the face and sent me to hospital due to burnout. And I was also deficient in a whole host of vitamins and minerals. And there's no bigger wake-up call than staring at the ceiling of a hospital room and realizing that I had no one to blame but me. No? I had pushed my body to its absolute limit. And once I was kind of released from hospital, I became increasingly frustrated, as you mentioned, no? because I went from specialist to specialist trying to find answers, but the only solution seemed to be prescription medication. Now, I don't want to come across as anti-modern medicine because I think uh, modern medicine is excellent at treating um, acute conditions and trauma, but it actually fails in the prevention of disease. Um, and then I remember having a conversation with my friend and telling him, you know, what I was going through. And he said, well, it's kind of on you then, isn't it? Do you think each specialist is going home to their beautiful Bondi mansion thinking about Amida Morales? No. You're just a dollar sign to them. They're going home to their beautiful family, um, sitting on their balcony, having dinner on their Vera Wang plates, looking at their amazing view and just thinking like how great life is. No? Meanwhile, you're here becoming increasingly frustrated and resentful with your body because it's not working correctly. I don't know if you can kind of relate to, to that at all, Ashley. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Very similar stories. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And this yeah. is kind of when I realized that I had to take back control of my health, my life and my happiness. So I absorbed that complete conversation that I had with him. And a week later, I resigned. And six weeks after that, I was on a plane to Bangalore, India to fulfill this deep desire that I had of becoming a yoga teacher. And it was only meant to be for six weeks, but it turned into a nine month trip. Um, so I was kind of like four weeks into my trip and I got really sick and through a series of fortunate events, I ended up at an Ayurvedic clinic and I didn't know it at that time, but that one consultation would be the beginning of the end for me because it was like this particular doctor read me like a book and he only read me by a book by like asking me a few questions, taking my pulse, reading my tongue. And he said to me, you have a severe vata imbalance and you have two choices. So you can keep going in the same direction and be faced with a future of infertility, Alzheimer's um, or even arthritis. Or two, you can start taking control of your health and prevent all of this from happening. No? And it was really like a no brainer, actually, because all I could think about was all that um, money, time and energy that I spent going around in circles in, in Sydney. And this one doctor, like, boom, in one hour said to me, like, this is it. And for the first time ever, I kind of like felt understood. Um, and then I entered his 21 day Panchakarma, which is like 
a detox at his spa. Um, but this is not like a, a spa at the Hilton where it's all kind of glamorous. Like it's probably one of the toughest things I've done next to Vipassana and ayahuasca ceremonies. And, you know, I felt amazing after it. And I felt, I remember one night like hysterically crying because for the first time ever, I felt connected to my body. And that's kind of when I thought to myself, like, if I'm going through this, other women must be going through this. Surely I can't be the only one. And that's kind of when I promised myself that one day I'm going to be an Ayurvedic practitioner. I don't know how, but I really want to help women get to, to the root cause of their issues. No? And on my last appointment with a doctor, I asked him, like, you know, what happens when I heal all these digestive issues? Um, and he just looked at me and he said, you know, you will discover your dharma. And at that time, I had no idea what he meant by that. And I closed the door and I just kind of popped along in my merry way. Um, but here we are now, five years later. I am now an Ayurvedic health coach. I live in a really beautiful place of Peru, surrounded by mountains. Um, my happy place is ecstatic dance. I use plant medicine to kind of keep healing. I'm learning to dance between the masculine and the feminine. Um, I connect deeply with, with Pachamama as much as I can. Um, I'm probably the healthiest that I've ever been. And um, now I kind of have these tools and knowledge to come back into balance and above all I'm following my my dharma no? my 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 soul's calling and um, now I guess I, I I look back and I realize that all my health challenges were a gift because it's something that I had to overcome to get to where I am today to share my message from a place of experience um, love understanding because the reality is that part of being healthy is getting sick no we all have to go through our dark night of the soul to come out the other side and really appreciate good health no and my ayurvedic doctor made me realize that health is actually not the end goal but rather health is used as the vehicle which will get you to follow your dharma to live your purpose your life's desires no because when you have all these health issues as i'm sure you know you've experienced you're kind of consumed by food and diet and what am I going to eat? And, you know, my stomach doesn't feel right that you don't see the big picture. And the big picture really is that you have come here to live your best life. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Really. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. You know? And, and I think traditional medicine, you know, it's, we all know it's, it's symptom based and, it's such a different mindset when we're looking towards the future and prevention and being in the moment with our body and where we are and connecting. Um, and it really, to be honest, it opened my mind to a whole different world of seeing life and the world around me. Um, it's a very deep process, you know, it, it does change you as a person. So I think, I think Ayurveda is, um, you know, a great supportive program and it takes it to a deeper level. It's not like you said, it's not tracking calories and dieting. It's, it's a whole lifestyle and being and living. So uh, what um, are the doshas? I know you said, I believe there's three. There um, is. There are. Can you go through the doshas and explain those to us? Yeah, absolutely. But should we explain what maybe Ayurveda is first? Yes. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah. 
Okay, sure. So Ayurveda is one of the most sophisticated and powerful um, body and mind systems in the world that dates back to ancient India. And we're talking about, I think, roughly 5,000 years ago. And Ayurveda is actually the sister science of yoga. And ideally, they're meant to be practiced together. So in the Vedas, there's actually three sisters. So there is Ayurveda, there is yoga and Joytish, which actually looks at the astrology component. So while yoga looks at creating um, a balanced state of body and mind, Ayurveda actually looks at keeping the body and mind healthy so you can pursue your dharma and live your life's desires. So Ayurveda says in order for you to be healthy, you must actually have all aspect, knowledge of all aspects of life. No? Quite often in the West, we kind of um, get obsessed with um, with what we put in our mouth. So we look at foods. You know, as you mentioned, Ayurveda actually doesn't even look at numbers. It's not based on like how many glasses of water am I going to drink, how many hours am um, I going to sleep at night, calories or whatever. No? And then the other component that uh, in the West we're obsessed with is exercise. No? But in Ayurveda, that's just kind of like one component uh, of, of life you know? because Ayurveda also looks at your emotional state. You no. Know? Are you happy with where you're living? Are you happy with what you're doing? You know? What are your relationships like? You no. Know? Are you following your dharma or the big reason why you're here? You know? So I love Ayurveda because it actually looks at an individual from a bio-individual point of view. So this simply means that a person is unique with certain characteristics. And what may work for me may not work for you, Ashley. And what works for you may not work for your next door neighbor. So this is one component of Ayurveda that I love. And Ayurveda can be, you know, quite quite complex and overwhelming. And this can kind of turn people off Ayurveda. But when I work with clients, I really encourage small tweaks, no, for lasting results. And my goal is really to kind of modernize Ayurveda and make it super easy for people to understand um, and accessible, you know, for women. Um, so that's kind of like the, the shortest version of, of Ayurveda. Um, but another reason why I love Ayurveda so much is because it takes into account um, the five elemental forces that surround us each day, you know, and they're actually within our body as well. And that's ether, air, fire, water and earth and these elements are found um, as I mentioned within our body within our mother nature and then categorizes them into the three doshas which then come on to be the the vata dosha the pitta dosha and then the kapha dosha so that's kind of uh, you know how the introduction of Ayurveda um, and I think now it's really important to note that um, we have all the three doshas within our body but in different amounts. So you may resonate with one dosha right now and then hear the second dosha and go, oh, I feel like I have some characteristics of, you know, the pitta dosha as well. And then hear the kapha dosha and be like, yeah, I can kind of relate to some aspects of it. So this is normal. So you will never just be one dosha. You will be a combination of the three, but in varying amounts, no? Um, and now each dosha has a light and a dark side. And the aim is to actually treat the dosha that has gone, well, little out of balance no so it's important to note that um, your doshas also change with uh, season um, diet lifestyle stress um, and other imbalances no so you may be a vata slash pitta today but in two years time you may be a different dosha so I think it's really important to mention that no 
Um, so I really like to associate the doshas with, with animals. Um, so the first dosha is the vata dosha, and that's characterized by ether and air. But to make it super simple, let's just call it the wind energy, you know? So when we think of the wind, um, you know, the wind is dry, it's cold, it's mobile, it's rough, it's light, no? And I like to, as I mentioned, make it super simple. So I associate the Vata Dosha with the hummingbird. So Ashley, I don't know if you have any hummingbirds where you live. Yes, we do. And we yeah. love them. <laughs> Yay. So it's tell beautiful. me, like, yeah, they're amazing, right? So what are some of the characteristics of a hummingbird? Oh, it's interesting because they seem to be so focused, but at the same time, you know, they're constantly moving with the wings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they, they're very, they come around here during springtime and summer. So it's kind of when everything's alive, mm -hmm. awakening, and it's kind of magical when they show up because we don't see them all the time. So it's a special moment when we see a hummingbird around here. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, of course. So when, when I think of the hummingbird, you know, they're very light. They go forwards, they go backwards. They're very colorful. Like I've been here or I've been in the jungle of Peru and I can't say that they're all, they all look the same. You know, there's like blue ones, green ones. So that's really, really, you know, a beautiful characteristic of them. And, you know, they go from one plant to the next in their own like kind of, you know, humming hummingbird kind of world. So let's bring this into human terms. So when I think of vatas, um, when they are in balance, vatas are creative, they're visionaries. Um, they're really great with coming up um, with new ideas. Um, they're quite adventurous. So they're your first friend that will be like, hey, let's just like, I don't know, let's go camping this weekend. Let's do something. Mm -hmm. no? And body wise, they're quite slender um, and either really tall or really short like me. Uh, so think like a Victoria's Secret runway, like that's Vata kind of Mecca. No? Um, and they have great plans for, for the future. So that's kind of a Vata imbalance. However, when a vata is out of balance, it means that the wind energy has elevated. Um, and this can look um, a little bit erratic, no? Think about a windy day. The windy day never, like the wind never says to you, hey, I'm just going this way today, right? The wind is kind of a little bit all over the place, no? So this kind of looks like anxiety, um, like insomnia, like gas and bloating. So literally like way too much air in the colon, no? So weight drop. So lightness, um, constipation, dryness, no? And sometimes um, you will definitely know a vata when, um, when you come across one because they're speaking at 100 miles an hour and sometimes it's really hard to get it, you know, like, whoa. Like, so, so <laughs> many thoughts happening upstairs that, you know, it's not all, it can't all come out at the same time. So, um, and they often feel really cold. Um, you know, I remember traveling around um, Thailand and Myanmar with an ex-partner and he was clearly a pitter because he wanted the aircon on at night and I was like <laughs> freezing. So um, I think a lot of couples may be able to relate to this. <laughs> um, quite often vatas have really dry, rough skin um, and there's no amount of moisturizer in the world that can kind of, you know, alleviate that, no? And they have the inability to follow through with ideas. So really great at coming up with ideas, just don't have that drive to execute them. No? So for example, Ashley, like I might bump into you and you might say, 
oh yeah, like I'm really thinking about becoming a photographer. And then I'm like, great. Okay. Mm. And then I bump into you into in three months time and you're like, no, I think I'm going to like write a, a vegan cookbook. And I'm like, wonderful. And then, you know, I might bump into you later and you might say, actually, I've decided I'm going to go and meditate in a cave in Thailand for the next six months. And you're yeah. like, okay, right. So, so many ideas just don't have that drive to, to follow through, you know? Um, and they kind of have ancient thoughts about um, about the future, no? making up situations in the head or events that haven't even happened. No? So constantly thinking about, about the future. So um, in Ayurveda, we have a saying called like increases like and opposites balance. So when a vata is out of balance, um, we need to bring them back into balance. So we do this because vatas are living up here, wind energy, mind, right? We need grounding. So one of the ways, so there's several ways to do this, um, but we do this through really grounding foods and grounding practices, you know? So what do you reckon grounding foods would be like, Ashley? Goodness. Um, I would say something vibrant, um, maybe fruit, some kind of fruit. Um, grounding. That's a really good question. Yes. Yeah, oh is, goodness. Really, yeah, it's really it's a different way to look at food. Yeah. You know, of course, totally. And this is the unique thing about Ayurveda, right? So when we think about grounding food, let's think about root vegetables. No, literally, yes. they are grown yes. grown under the ground. So let's think about beetroot, about carrots, about parsnips. So literally, we're doing the opposite. No. And when we think about um, oils, um, you know, one oil that is amazing for, for vatas is ghee, no? So uh, for those of you who, who follow um, a plant-based diet, um, uh, sesame oil would be another great option, no? And with vatas, they actually have the weakest um, digestive system. So we really want to think about warm and easy to digest food um, with spices. No? So that's going to really ignite um, and heal that digestive fire. And we really want to focus on um, creating structure and routine um, because there's just so much air energy going on. Um, they love adventure, right? They don't like to plan things, but really what the body needs is doing the opposite. So structure, we want to have breakfast at around the same time. We want to have lunch at around the same time, dinner around the same time. And this also helps your digestive system know, okay, so I'm going to create, you know, all these enzymes because food is coming soon, as opposed to like, she may be having breakfast at five, at seven, at 10. Today, she may not even be having breakfast. So you're constantly like kind of confusing the body and the body doesn't know what to do. Um, another great practice for vatas is connecting with with Pachamama, Mother Earth. No, ritually, like taking off your socks if you can, if you don't live in a place that's so cold, um, and putting your feet on the ground, just standing there. Um, maybe doing some, you know, mountain poses or just standing there. No, or walking around the house with your bare, you know, just bare feet. So that's really, really helpful. Um, and also having like a, a self-care practice. Um, in, a, in Ayurveda, we have Abhyanga. I'm not sure if you've heard of Abhyanga. No. Nope. So Abhyanga is a self-oil massage. So um, quite often we may or may not recommend clients to exfoliate their skin and then just put like warm oil on their skin. So your skin is really absorbing all of that. Then you hop into the shower and then your pores kind of open up and you allow the oil to kind of be absorbed by your skin. 
So that's another way um, of um, really nourishing your body. Can you relate to the Vata Dosha, Ashley? Some parts, um, maybe not? Some, some parts, yes. Yeah, so um, I do have a question relating yeah. to that. How, how would you determine which dosha you're in? Um, is there a, a way to process through that? Yeah, of course. So um, there are dosha quizzes online that you can do. So you okay. just kind of put your details in and it kind of comes up with like vata 20%, pitta 60% and so forth. So you can kind of okay. work out which one you are. No? Okay. Um, but of course, you know, we would encourage you to see an Ayurvedic practitioner because they can actually differentiate between the body and the mind. So these dosha quizzes um, are generally just body related, right? So when you have a more detailed analysis, you might say, okay, cool. So I am a pitta body, but actually my vata is out of balance because my mind, I might have anxiety, insomnia, whatever it else. No? So, so it's always best to, to get um, guidance from a practitioner so they can give you like an overall um, assessment. Okay, great. Yeah. That's so the amazing. next dosha, yeah. So the next dosha is the pitta dosha, and this one is comprised of fire and water. But again, to make it super simple, I'm just going to call it the fire energy. So when we think about the characteristics of fire, and actually, I had some friends over the other day, and I was actually focusing on on the fire. No? So the fire is is hot. It's sharp. It's um really powerful. It's fiery and it's transformative, no? So I like to associate the pitta dosha with the tiger. So when you think of the tiger, Ashley, what comes to mind? Fierce. <clears throat> um, somebody who just drives it home. They have a vision and they get it done. They find a way to make it happen. Exactly. Strong. Yeah, strength. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So they're powerful, they're muscly, they're sharp. Um, they're natural born leaders, as you mentioned. No? Um, and they kind of move at the speed of light as well. No? So while like a Vata tiger may be like, oh, I don't know if I should go for that prayer. I'm a little anxious. Maybe I won't get it. You know, boom, the tiger's there. No, just like going for it. There's no stopping it. So when pitters are in balance, um, they make really good leaders. Um, they communicate really well. Um, they're goal orientated. Um, so as you mentioned, no, they have a vision, they go straight after it. Quite often, they're very confident um, because they know what they want and they'll go for it. Um, and they are medium built. So they can actually gain muscly, muscle really easily. So while Avata may be going to the gym and, you know, I don't know, Flogging it for four hours, a pitta can go in for 40 minutes and be like, boom, and you can notice, um, you know, structure-wise that they can gain muscle quite easily. Um, pitters are super organized. Um, you know, their wardrobe may be folded nicely, probably color-coordinated. Um, they have their finances uh, in order and they probably have like a two, five, ten-year plan um, and they live in the present moment. So... That's a pitta when they're in balance. Now, a pitta when is out of balance, um, they can be uh, ticking time bombs because the excess fire has escalated. No, so this can look like like anger, <laughs> like impatience, um, burnout. Literally, we have some um, words in the English dictionary like that really dictate you know burnout, um, stress, 
acne, uh, literally like heat rises and it has to go somewhere. No? Um, inflammation. So anything that ends, as you know, with an itis is inflammation. No? So ulcerative colitis, gastritis, dermatitis. So inflammation is um, a characteristic of pitta. Um, they can break out in rashes or hives um, and they have very sharp language and they're very straight to the point. So there's no mucking around or there's no way to reason with them, no? Um, they feel hot quite a lot of the time, you know. They may come across heartburn, literally. Their heart is burning. Um, they may have a difficult time handling emotions and can lash out um, without thinking of the consequences. So that's kind of like the, the presentness of them. No? So they're not thinking like, oh, I may hurt their feelings or this may and this may have a consequence no and um I guess if you want to turn a pitter on tell them that you know they're right that usually <laughs> gets them all excited <laughs> and um so that's kind of a pitter out of balance um and one of the first things that we do is um we have to cool them down so again you know we're doing exactly the opposite so we want to think about, you know, cooling practices, cooling foods, anything that is going to cool them down, you know. So we do this um, through cooling foods. So what, what would be some cooling foods, Ashley? Oh, boy. So possibly um, maybe a nice gazpacho or, um, oh, what else might be cooling? A cold drink of water. Um, maybe um a frozen bowl of fruit something frozen um yeah <laughs> yeah that's a so, tough one <laughs> yeah it's interesting when you have to think about food in a different it way is from from, it's, from elements no yes it's actually difficult <laughs> yeah so when when we think about cooling foods we think about cucumber for example no leafy green vegetables watermelons um, and we think about drinks such as like coconut water and no, pomegranate juice you know think about coconut and where it grows usually it's in very tropical climates it's never in like boston in the middle of winter right so mother nature is constantly giving us um, all these foods for us to come back into balance we just need to kind of work out how you know and their elements so so for pitas, I mostly recommend coconut oil. So cooking with coconut oil or adding coconut oil to drinks. Uh, sunflower oil is another really good one. Um, and because pitas tend to have the strongest digestion, um, they can handle a little bit of raw food more than the other two doshas. So I'm thinking more like rice paper rolls, Buddha bowls um, is a really great option for, for pitas. And we also want to think about cooling practices such as um, yin yoga um, and swims, um, but obviously not in like midday, you know, 30 degree weather. We want to think about really early in the morning or kind of um, late afternoon, no? And we want to incorporate cooling breath works and pranayamas um, and also get them to connect with Mother Nature because if you leave a pitta to their own devices, they'll just be working, no? Projects birthing projects no so it's really really important for them to take some time out 
Um, so that's kind of the pitta dosha in a nutshell. Uh, can you relate to to the pitta dosha? Yes, yes. In, yeah, in a few ways. Yeah, yeah. So the kapha dosha um, is comprised of water and earth. But to make it super simple, I'm just going to call it the earth energy, right? So when we think about the earth, no, the earth is heavy. It's slow. Like if you run your fingers through it, it's not like you know running through water. It's damp. So on the surface level, it may be dry, but if you Put your hand right in the earth, like it's damp, no? Um, it's cold, um, it's soft, and it's kind of dense. So I like to associate the kapha with the elephant. So when you think about the elephant, Ashley, what, what comes to mind? Ooh, strong, kind of docile, maybe slower paced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably yeah. the first first things. Exactly. So body-wise, you they're heavy, you know, they're quite grounded. Um, like you said, you know, they're a little bit docile. Um, and they give off, like even in cartoons, this mother, motherly energy. No. So kafas are nurturing, they're loving, they're very calm, um, they're quite patient, um, they're very reliable, and they kind of give you like the best 10-minute hug. So I live in like a kind of spiritual community here in, in, in Peru and you can definitely tell a kapha because they're the ones giving you like an eight minute hug and you're like, okay, this is like way too long. Um, quite often they have um, really glowing hair, skin, um, nails because they're so nourished. So their loving nature actually makes you feel warm and fuzzy. So um, and they kind of have fond memories uh, of the past. No? Now, when the kapha is out of balance, it means that the earth energy um, is has increased. And one word that you can describe it is stagnant. No? So quite often kaphas are on the heavier side um, because they're, you know, quite often they're busy looking after other people that they forget to look after themselves. So think about... I don't know, mom, grandma, Christmas dinner, you know, they're too busy running around that at the end when you say, oh, let's take a picture together, like, oh, no, like I haven't done my makeup, oh, I don't feel right, no? So too busy running around other people that they don't um, look after themselves. So from the outside, they may wear a smile, but deep inside um, there may be, you know, a certain sadness as well, no? And this may cause them to overeat um, because quite often they use food as comfort. Um, they are likely to suffer from depression, um, quite low energy um, and resistant to change. No? So they may have lived in the same town for since they were very young, in the same house, um, maybe the same job, going to the same restaurant each Friday night and ordering the same meal. Obviously, I'm exaggerating here, but we're looking at you know the, the patterns here. And kafas often have a difficult time to voice um, their opinion. Um, and they often overthink about the past, no? The shoulda, woulda, coulda, no? They're probably thinking about their boyfriend from fifth grade, no? And they're in their 40s right now. So um, they're drawn to quite heavy and sweet foods and making them even more lethargic. And they tend to have a very sluggish digestion. So how do we bring this earth energy back into balance? It's basically we're doing the opposite of the first one. So we're invigorating more, we're creating more lightness in the body. And we can do this through foods like warm salads. Um, quinoa is a really good one. Berries is great for pukafas. Um, broccoli. Um, so we want to think about 
Tofu. Tofu is another great one for them, no? And they are the dosha that is okay with skipping meals, no? Because they don't really have this, this hunger at the beginning of the day. Um, so they're quite happy with maybe just, you know, um, I don't know, a turmeric tea with ginger. That will do them fine, no? Whereas like a pitta would go crazy if they didn't eat anything for breakfast because they need to have three solid meals um, a day, no? Because their, their digestive system is quite strong. Um, Carpus is probably the only dosha that um, in Ayurveda they recommend um, to have coffee at least twice a week um, because they do need that oomph. No? If you give vata coffee, they're super anxious. Pitta's too hot. So we need to, we, well, Carpus is the only one. No? And because Carpus kind of have a sluggish digestion, they need quite stimulating and warming spices. So I'm thinking like turmeric, um, ginger, cayenne pepper. So that's kind of very invigorating. No? And they tend to retain water. So it would be good um, to have um, things like dry ginger, which will also clear up phlegm in their body. You know? And it's really advised for couples to, to um, have, uh, to keep their heart rate up. You know? So maybe hip training, running or ashtanga yoga would be quite ideal. Um, and quite stimulating breath work. So like the breath of fire, which, you know, would get them going. Um, and to try out new activities, no, into their routine because they they like to do to do the same thing, no. So that's kind of the doshas in, in a nutshell. Uh, I don't know if you relate to the kapha dosha as much. Uh, actually more so than the others, I think. So it's interesting how they all kind of, mm -hmm. you can pull from all of them. Um, yeah. So we are close to being out of time, unfortunately, mm -hmm. because yeah. this conversation could go on forever. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I could just ask you a million questions. Um, if in a one minute nutshell, if somebody mm -hmm. wanted to incorporate Ayurveda into their day, what are some of your best um, basic tips that somebody could could pull into their life? I think it's really key to keep um, a daily routine, no? breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same time. So that's going to really help your, your digestion. Um, I think most people overlook sleeping, and it's a really key um, component of health. Um, in Ayurveda, we have a saying that sleeping is actually way more important than nutrition and exercise combined. Um, and also, you know, keeping hydrated. Um, I know most of us don't have that much access to, you know, clean water, but... I don't know if you can put some minerals in there and starting your day off by having a warm breakfast. And that's my biggest tips for, for your listeners. That's great. And, and sleep, that is one of my biggest factors in a health and wellness routine. Uh, I think it's so important. It sets everything off on the right tone. Um, so I love that that's such a huge piece to the Ayurveda um, medicine. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is your sleep routine? Do you, do you try to get a certain number of hours of sleep per night or what does that look like? So um, again, no, in Ayurveda, we don't do numbers. So what may work for me may not necessarily work for, I don't know, Barack Obama. I think he was like on four or five hours of sleep a night and that seemed to work for him, right? For me, it's very different. But my, my routine is usually I start winding down um, at about eight o'clock. Um, and I try and be in bed by by nine thirty. So, 
that means switching off technology. And I do foam rolling. Foam rolling has been a huge game changer for me and just doing some light stretching or breath work beforehand. Um, and I like to have my room um, quite dark as well. That kind of really helps me. Um, and for some reason, I'm tending to wake up at the at the same time each day, you know, between 5.30 and 6.30 is kind of when I wake up, when the birds start chirping, <laughs> I'm up, no? But it's it's been, um, you know, a really uh, interesting journey in my sleep, no? Because I used to wake up quite a lot. I didn't sleep very well. It took me a while to fall asleep. But now, like, I'm sleeping right through. But it's taken a long time, no? And a lot of work. Yeah, it does. It's you have to process. You have to work through, just like the rest mm -hmm. of health and wellness. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Well, Amida, how can people find you? How can they follow you? Yeah, so I love to hang out um, in Facebook. So I have a private Facebook group, Ayurveda for Professional Women, where I love to hang out. This is where I share some Ayurvedic tips, recipes. Um, right now, I'm focusing on women who are going through burnout. Um, it's it's a huge problem you know, with the recent events that have happened, um, you know, over the last years. So. Burnout is kind of my focus now um, and I'm not so much on Instagram, but yeah, come and um, say hello on my uh, personal profile as well, Amaira Morales. So yeah, come and connect. That's great. The world is moving so fast these days. So it's wonderful to hear that you're out there helping people um, yeah. through all of that. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'll share your links in the show notes so people can find you easily and wonderful great thank you so much this was such an interesting conversation <laughs> I I'm so glad you were here today thank you Ashley thank you for your thank time you. thank you thank you have a wonderful afternoon bye Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I hope this episode helped you in your health journey and just maybe you learned something new. If you love this episode, please leave a review. When you do, you are helping this podcast reach others around the world. Visit my website, preparedforwellness.com to view my coaching offers, free recipes, and so much more. Don't forget to grab your free gift while you're there. Follow me on Instagram at Prepared for Wellness and join my VIP Facebook group, Prepared for Wellness Community. Don't miss out on the fun and special announcements. <laughs>